People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Wrestling fans, welcome to another episode of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. As always, you got Matt alongside Joe. Hey, what's up? What is going on, Joe? As always, we got wrestling on in the background on the on the second TV to my left. We have an episode of Limitless Wrestling. They have a weekly show called The Road on IWTV, Independent Wrestling Television. I have no idea the, the, the folks that are in the ring. Uh, I we always love kind of laughing at this uh, this ring setup. If you haven't seen Limitless Wrestling, uh, it, it's not a bad product. It's in, it's very independent, you know, very uh, small time as far as wrestlers go. But they have a ring that is essentially missing the legs. It's just the top of like the mat, and it seemed like. <laughs> Dimension, you know, speaking of the dimensions too, it seems like a smaller ring. It's definitely not your WWE 20 by 20. Yeah. I want to say it looks even like a little smaller than uh, like your standard WCW ring, which was 16 by 16. So Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what it is, but it's small. And yeah, it it is weird that it has no legs. (laughs) I mean, you, you... It's barely... I Would you say, what, eight inches off the floor? Yeah. Somewhere uh, around there? Yeah, it, it's... it's Ten pretty, inches, maybe? May, yeah, maybe a foot tops. That's that's really about it. I mean, you can... You, most people... Well, I shouldn't say most people, but, you know, certainly a, a tall person can stand on the floor and look over the top rope. That's, <laughs> that's how short it is. <laughs> Uh, on the main screen, we're we're watching uh, some Evolve wrestling on uh, on Peacock. Uh, I I hope that they continue putting the library in at a regular pace. There are they're up to nine as far as chrono, you know chronological order, um, and then they skip to the newer Evolve stuff with the WWE folks. Yeah, doing- that was that was what was originally put on yeah. Peacock or the, or the network. Right. Um, this is Evolve, if I didn't say, this is Evolve 9. This is from 2011. We got John Silver from AEW now against uh, Tony Nese, the premier athlete, uh, Mr. 205 Live. Nobody watches him anymore. Um, kind of going at it here. Uh, you, you got a lot of guys on here on this card uh, that are currently on major promotions. Kevin Steen was just in a three-way match. That also featured Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish. Um, and John Davis. A but hairless Bobby Fish. A hairless Bobby Fish, yeah. <laughs> um, who else was on here? Johnny Gargano is going to be on here mm-hmm. along with uh, was the Kentucky Gentleman. I can't think of his name right now. Oh, uh, Chuck Taylor. Chuck Taylor, yeah. So it's, uh, it, it, man, it's, it's really cool to see these guys start out. And it, another, exa- another reason why it's always a good idea to invest in independent wrestling because you really don't know who you're who you're, who you're seeing you know you can scoff at it and um realize that like this is kind of, for some of these guys this is, this is the prime of their career and i say that 
not by the money that they make, but by the performances that they give to us. Um, I, I, I say that because during the Blood and Guts episode of Dynamite, which was in early May, there was a segment with Darby Allen or I don't know if Darby, yeah, Darby Allen was, uh, he's in a, in a feud right now with, with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. And Ethan Page said something that really, I I don't get two shits what Ethan Page says really throughout his entire career, but this really kind of reiterate the fact that where American wrestling has has been and probably will stay, especially now, you know, with things like, pen, you know, the pandemic. And he said, you know, he told Darby Allen that we, 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 we beat each other up throughout our career, but nobody really cares. Let's, but let's not talk about matches that nobody saw. And I was just like, <laughs> I acknowledge what he says and I understand what he says, but it's a shame that we downgrade really the best matches that those two are going to have. Including their matches, their match at Evolve that happened, I want to say about 2016, 2017. Yeah, somewhere around there. <clears throat> um, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, and I don't, me being the skeptic that I am these days, I guess, I don't think that they'll ever have that level of match in AEW because, quite honestly, the same thing happens in AEW that you see in WWE these days. Once you make a certain amount of money, you don't really do the same the same stuff that you did in the independence. You're not as hungry, and a lot of wrestling fans. And this is kind of a, a quick segue here before we talk about the main reason why I brought up blood and guts. <clears throat> you get a lot of fans that that try to be smart asses with you. It's like, well, what do you expect? Why why would they put their bodies through hell when they're getting all this money? And maybe I'm wrong, Joe. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. You be the judge of that. You be the judge at home. It shouldn't matter how much money you're making or not making. That'd be like saying a professional baseball player, a professional pitcher, shouldn't try to strike out as many batters as he can because he's making millions of dollars. Why does he need to perform? It's the same scenario. One, to win, but two, because you're fucking paying him to do so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're paying to do a job. You're p- getting paid more to do a job. And and and, and <laughs> I'm not anti-American any, by, by any means. I've, I've lived in this country my entire life, and I'm, I'm proud to say I'm an American citizen. But this American mindset that the more money you make, the less you should work. It doesn't just apply to professional wrestling, and it, and I don't need to go into that. But I've 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 learned that throughout my throughout my life. More money you make, the less you have to fucking do. And and as U.S. citizens, we seem to fucking just be okay with that to the point where it's like, well, they've earned that. They've earned the the rights to not do shit. And. When I hear somebody like Ethan Page say that, and I get like he's doing a heel promo, I understand that. But there's some truth behind that. Matches that nobody saw. Yeah, you're right. Matches nobody saw. I get it. Matches that, I shouldn't say nobody, but the masses, the fanboys of AEW probably didn't see. 
You should acknowledge your past, though. And on top of that, if they didn't see that, well, though that match was fucking epic. Why not try to do that again? Will they do it again? I highly doubt it. As far as to that level, they'll they'll get in the ring again, of course. But what say you? Am I am I overthinking this or no? No, and that's a lot of. And again, not everybody, but that's a lot of the mindset of of younger wrestlers today. You, you have all these uh, people like, hey, I want to. I want to become a professional wrestler. Like, I love the business and I love this. But the moment you get into it and you're at it for a little while and you're not going anywhere, you're not, you know, you're not, uh, you're not being signed by an AEW or a WWE or what have you. You get a lot of that, like, oh, well, you know, this this isn't working out for me or they become a a little disgruntled or disheartened by the business and shit. And again, that's something that happens to a lot of people in a lot of different lines of work, but that's why it's important for people. And again, in multiple lines of work, like you have to find something that you actually love to do. And, and you also have, and more importantly, you also have to realize that even when you find that thing, there, there's, there's going to be hard work and sacrifice to keep it around. It isn't just like, oh, hey, I love to do it. Even though it comes naturally to me, everything's going to be peachy keen. Because that's just not the way life works with anything. So, you have to put in the effort. And if you really, if you really love what you do, you'll do it. And if you don't, then you must not. <laughs> it's as simple as that. And and it 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 does suck when you have someone like uh, Ethan Page, who's now making eighty grand a year for AEW, coming out and, and cutting such a promo. Because it is true, but also because you don't want to hear that. You don't want you don't want fans to hear shit like that. Cause, because it, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything to to progress. Um, it doesn't do anything to progress the storyline. It doesn't do anything to progress anything in in any way, shape, or form, except for that mindset. And I bring that up, you know, too, because I, I bring up the American aspect of it. Because you look at Japan, you look at, you could even say this about Mexico. Yeah, completely different set of circumstances. You know, the bigger the star they are the bigger impactful matches they have. And that's that's kind of how it should be. You want to be a main eventer, well, you need to give me main event quality matches. You can't give me these... You can't give me this shit where it's like, well, we, we, did, we paid our dues. Well, if you're done paying your dues, then you shouldn't be in the business anymore. Life hack, folks. You're never truly ever done paying your dues, no matter what you do. One of the main reasons why I got out of the line of work that I was in for almost 10 years because the older guys would always tell me, kid, I, I paid my dues. And I said, you're not done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're retiring? Yeah. Well, then fuck, you're not done. <laughs> and, and, yeah, it, that really bothered me. And I, I just like, I, I needed to get that off my chest. 
But the real topic here at hand was, as far as the Blood and Guts episode of Dynamite was the Blood and Guts match. Let's let's call it what it is. It's it, it's 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 nicer to say it's a fucking War Games match. Yeah, it's a War <laughs> Games match, and you know they just legally they can't call it War Games. I but mean, we can. Yeah, we can absolutely. <laughs> so War Games is what it was. Uh, Inner Circle versus Pinnacle, five on five. I, I want to say I was I don't love you and I have talked we were talking uh, before we started uh, recording I, I don't love whoever is whoever is producing the show yes um, <laughs> I have a lot of problems with it seems like stupid silly decisions or mistakes that are being made throughout the course of the show. And one of the things, going back to that Blood and Guts episode, was before the show ever started, they had, if I'm not mistaken, five matches booked, including Blood and Guts, on a two-hour show with commercials. And I'm thinking to myself, well, shit, War Games, Blood and Guts, War Games match, is usually a pretty long match. You know, you got to get a lot in it. Why why do we need five fucking matches to take place? So I'm just like, all right, how are they going to book this? What's you know, you, yeah, I get Britt Baker's in a squash match against somebody I don't remember who. Not a, not a, not an important match, but Julie Hart. Julie Hart. Okay, yeah, that's right. I do remember that because they they referenced her last name. Mm-hmm. She has a match. You have the Omega. Nakazawa match against uh, Moxley and Kingston. That was more gimmick than anything. Okay, that that could have been left on there. That that was an okay opening opening thing. The one thing I will say is Kenny Omega coming back out to shoot on his future opponents. He could have just taken care of that all one one you know one thing. Boom, get it done. There was no need for him to come out and cut a promo that went way went on way too long. When literally we're all fucking anticipated for what they're going to do for this War Games match. The other two matches, I know there was a tag team four-way for the number one contendership. I don't remember the other one, but they're... It's just like, how are they going to fucking do this? Now, I will say, minus the Omega back, or the, the Omega promo with, with Tony Schiavone and Orange Cassidy... I thought they handled that pretty well, in my opinion. I just like they got in and they got in and out, and we still have about an hour for war games. That's enough time. The Omega thing went on way too long, and now we got like about thirty-eight minutes. I was like, "Yeesh!" And we still got to do entrances, and <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, it's like so by the time we by the time we get started, we have a little over a half hour, and war game starts. Let's break it down now. What first of all, we're doing war games where there's no pinfalls. It's submit or surrender. Submit or surrender. What is your take on them doing that and eliminating the pinfalls altogether? Let's go back a little bit. Okay. Um, for those of you who don't know, the whole reason the program had so many matches or segments before the actual Blood and Guts or War Games match 
was because they were all pre-taped. Oh, okay. Um, which they did not necessarily disclose that to the audience in attendance. And they ended up um, allowing people to have their money refunded once they arrived in the first hour and a half of the show these fans were realizing that they're watching all this on a giant screen. Wow. None of it was live except for the War Games match. And they used all that time to set the cage up because the way the venue is, they had to have it um, secured differently so that the cage would stay in place. Because there, it doesn't have a, uh, your traditional dome or, or roof. So... Here's my thing. With all that said, you know, there are a couple things to take away from that. One, that's why you had segments go a little bit longer than they should have. That's why there were so many other matches before the War Games. But you've had... Okay, so they originally wanted to do this match, what, four or five months ago? Somewhere around there? They wanted to do it... Uh, it was actually about a year ago. Okay, so a year yeah. ago, right? Mm-hmm. You've had all this fucking time. You knew you knew for sure you were going to do it, right? Yeah. So, if you already have the structure built or the parts built, wouldn't you take the time on one of your off days from taping and, and whatnot to try and get that set up so that you know how much time it's going to take? Or what kind of issues you're going to run into. Instead of doing it hours before the fucking actual match takes place. Call me fucking crazy, but doesn't that seem like the fucking smart thing to do? (laughs) Sounds like logic. (laughs) So, that's why shit went down the way it did. And then, because of all that, they actually cut shit out of the match. There was the the match was supposed to go longer, but because of the way they handled the situation, we didn't get everything they wanted to do with the match. So that that takes care of that. The actual War Games match itself, I thought was was pretty decent for what it was. Uh, I'm still not. I still don't understand too. The the decision behind putting this on free TV. Yes. When a little over two weeks from that day, they're on pay-per-view. Wouldn't you just tout that for pay-per-view? Like, what you you already, to me, in, in my opinion, you've already made one of the biggest blunders in recent wrestling history with the exploding barbed wire match on pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you just go for broke with something a hell of a lot safer in the way of gimmicks in a war games match? You know what you know exactly what you're getting into minus the Jericho spot which we'll talk about in a minute here, but that's you know that's going to be entertaining and and well worth your time. Why not just have that on pay-per-view and sell the fuck out of that pay-per-view? Like, is is that TV rating a hell of a lot more important than making pay-per-view money? Well, like, am, am I am I missing something here? 
if you ask them and how they handled it the following week, I would say, yeah, it is more important to them to have that rating because they took it they took it upon themselves multiple times to tout the fact that they uh <laughs> they were the number one show on cable TV. And so it's, for them, this is a win. And financially, I'm I'm inclined to agree with that. But you and I talked about this with other companies, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> where they they just it seems like they're they're looking at the immediate impact. No pun intended. But and not so much on the long term. Long term is you pissed off albeit a small crowd because of social distancing and, you know, limited capacity. But you pissed off a live crowd that may or may not entrust you in coming to their show anymore. Because even if you gave them your money back, you still wasted their fucking time. And then on top of that, you had a War Games match that could have been better, that had... It was good. I, I was entertained throughout the match. I, I enjoyed it. I agree with Joe. It was it was solid. Had some good spots. Again, we'll t- we will talk about the ending, of course. But the one thing that should never way I feel why I feel this match was disrespectful to the name War Games, or the, I should say the the aura of War Games, is because you fucking with the commercial breaks. And that too. You're missing tons of opportunity to showcase the brutality of these ten guys beating the shit out of each other in a you know gang style warfare. That's what this is supposed to fucking be. Not watching a fucking State Farm commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm shouting out anti State Farm because fuck them and their their high ass quotes. Saving money, my ass. Um, <laughs> oh shit! Uh, real quick, we're gonna jump around a little bit, but we're gonna we're gonna keep backtracking. the The results of of the war games finish what cul- is now going to culminate at double or nothing, and we will talk about this more, even more. But they're doing the 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 stadium street fight or whatever it was called last, like they did last year inner circle did with the elite last year and they're now doing it against the pinnacle same concept to me joe they they went they should have reversed that give us if you want to do a street fight kind of thing on, on dynamite do it and then get it unresolved and say you know what we can only do this Inside, inside of a cage, inside of blood and guts. You just, you threw this together for ratings, and that, my friends, is one of the reasons why the other company that was on TNT failed. You didn't utilize pay per view because, even though you did well with sponsors and you made money that way. The real money is always going to be pay-per-views. It's always going to be buy rates. And whether they get the buy rates or not, you could have gotten more because you could have fucking plugged this a hell of a lot more. Yeah. You didn't... You What you advertise this match, what, three weeks out? That's not enough time. That's not enough time to really get the emphasis out. There's not enough bad blood between the ten guys. 
I needed to see more of that too. I mean, you have you have dynamite, you have dark, you have darker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm campaigning to have that name officially made. <laughs> so you have you have three three shows to utilize and and create create much more uh, bad blood between these guys to, to build up to that match. Now I understand Dark and, and Revolution are two programs that are are utilized for getting over the rest of the roster that isn't on television every week, but if if there's a story or a match that is is big and it becomes an exception to the rule then you do that. Yeah. It's as simple as that. You do that so that it does get that match over. So that, guess what? I do want to fucking spend 50 bucks on pay-per-view to watch that go down. You know? I mean, shit. WWE used to do that with with Sunday Night Heat before there was SmackDown. Yeah. You know, you had your stuff on Raw. But let's not forget that in, in, in what was it, the late 90s, Late ninety, like like ninety, like early ninety nine, you had Rock and Mankind fighting each other on Sunday Night Heat to keep to, to keep to keep emphasizing their their back and forth of them exchanging the titles in this war, and it led to the infamous the match at the Royal Rumble that year. Right. They they only had one show, they only had Raw at the time, and then and then Sunday Night Heat was for you know, again your 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 mid carders and getting other guys over, and. To what Joe exactly said, they said, "You know what? We need to get this fucking rivalry going, so we're going to utilize Sunday Night Heat as well." The other guys are just going to have to take a back seat right now for your money maker, and it it worked. It, it it certainly got people interested, and and even before you knew how fucking insane that match was going to be, <laughs> which we've talked about before, but you know it was it was it, again you utilize your product. It's your fucking product. You do whatever the fuck you want to do. I'm sorry, but, you know, Abaddon and Sean Dean or whoever the fuck some of these guys are, they're just going to have to fucking take a day off, take a week off or something. But you also have Darker and Dark, where the problem with those shows, for me, one of the main problems, one of the one of the many problems, I should, say, I should say, that I have with those shows is that you have people wrestling on Darker and Dark, and it's like, why do you need it? Why do you need both? Why? Why do you have to? I, have I don't both? get that either. And then <laughs> you also have uh, Chris Jericho coming out a few weeks ago, at, at the time of this recording. Uh, I forget who he did the interview with, but he had spoke about AEW um, booking and how they they just now started to have more production meetings before they actually film or before they actually tape because they were trying to cut out cut down on the number of spots that were similar or redundant and he he utilized uh, an example something akin to you know if this guy is using this in a match and then a couple segments later someone else is using that in in their match like we need to cut down from doing a lot of that makes sense yeah but where was this a fucking yeah. year ago 
I mean, is Chris Jericho part of these production meetings? Because yes, I, I, so I don't want to segue off it. We're going. We're going to. There's some things that Chris Jericho has said uh, recently, but it's not. It doesn't involve anything we're talking about right now. But it feels like when I keep hearing that Chris Jericho is, is this this godsend for AEW. I, again, I agree. He's a big name, and he has been a big part of of the upbringing of AEW. But it's like, why did it? I mean, unless nobody's fucking listening to him, why did it? Again, like you said, why did it take so long? For us to get there, I mean, are we just now paying attention to silly mistakes? Because this is one of the reasons why I just I I I'm kind of getting or not kind of I ha- I am turned off by AEW because it is a lot of the same shit every every time, and it's getting to the point where they're almost WWE predictable now, and I don't know if it's if it's because of this bad booking or if it's the fucking American wrestling company that does the same <laughs> shit all the time. Every time I, I rant and rave, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's always like a, it's always a theme that I'm going to use throughout the episode. I, there's, there's, there's a rhyme and reason to my method and I just, I, yeah, I, I can't stress enough how frustrating American wrestling can be because it's like, it's all, all hype. It's 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 all filler, no killer. Yeah, yep. As they would say. So but but yeah, um good parts of the match though, because I, I don't want to say it'll sound like we're all complaining. There was definitely some good spots. Uh one thing that I was skeptical on, uh, for them being on T V, other than the fact that you're giving it away for free, was the things that they would be able to do. Yeah. Because you're on national TV, you're on cable television, you have sponsors, and you have certain limitations. <clears throat> I'm curious to know some of the spots that got scrapped. But you look at it, and there is there is a part where a fork is being used, which is pretty hardcore in some aspects. Um, what say you? Do, do you think, as far as the brutality goes... Did it did it reach the level that it should have? Even if it left you wanting, saying even even if you feel that you could have been more, do you feel that they did enough where it's like it's a respectable war games as far as brutality goes? I thought it was, mm-hmm. and, and to my knowledge, I think I don't I don't think the the spots that were scrapped were necessarily because of of brutality or gore or what have you. I think it was just because they ran short on time. Okay. Because of, of the way they took so damn long to set the ring up and, and all that. So, but, yeah, it was, it, for me, it was brutal enough. And th- to be honest, I mean, there's not a whole hell of a lot more you could do with that match. Except for fix the finish. I mean, that was just horseshit. <laughs> Again, it, it very much, I mean, obviously there's no faulty explosives going off or, or not going off um, in this match, but this is the equivalent if, if we're talking blood and guts. You, you had such an anticlimactic finish, finish and it should have been. You should have been able to build to that and then that be it. And it means something, but it was very anticlimactic for me. 
I, I rarely watch AEW in, in any shape or form because, again, to me it is very WWE predictable. And I'm tired of seeing redundant spots and the same shit over and over and over again. So I don't want to watch three programs, let alone one program, if the same shit's going on. But I took the time and I watched the, the Blood and Guts edition of AEW Dynamite in its entirety. Uh, I happened to be on vacation that week, so I figured, why the hell not? And I just, it, it was just, it was, overall, the, the entire show was so-so, but that match was, it was decent, minus that finish. And, again, I, I hearken back to what I said earlier. You had a year. You had a fucking year to work out all the kinks. And this is what you came up with. Long-term effects, long-term uh, situation here. I think you're going to look at this and 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 say they they shouldn't have pulled the trigger on a blood and guts match on on cable television. Everybody's been telling them that. I mean, and it, and I'm not just talking about, like, internet fan opinion. Mm-hmm. You have people who've been in the business, mm-hmm. who've worked years in the business, or and, know, and or know about buy rates, legitimately know about the business side of things, telling you, hey, this is a stupid idea, and they did it anyway. For what? Again, like you said, to be interrupted by a fucking State Farm commercial, you know. There was one where a woman was 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 shaving, was shaving herself. I'd rather I, watch that than a fucking bloody guts match. Is that what you're telling me, dude? I'm sitting there and like I don't watch very much television to begin with. Sure. And then like so, it's been a hot minute since I've seen a, an actual commercial. Okay. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is a. This is a fucking commercial right now? <laughs> what the fuck did I just watch? And then they showed it like relentlessly throughout yeah. the program. I'm like, holy fuck. I didn't know what was happening. And I'm, watch- <laughs> I'm watching it with Mel and and she she flat out just says like she's just gonna shave her pussy on TV. <laughs> I was like I was like, Oh she is <laughs> I'm so used to it. I just, I, I mean, you, you see those commercials now, and you just don't even fucking pay attention. I was like, I, I guess so. I guess she's just gonna. Wow. No, well, hats off to her. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, they even fucked up the. I don't know if they fucked it up or they they just didn't have it because Excalibur said we're going to picture picture in picture, and they didn't. They just flat out went like there was some aspects where they did, but towards the I think it was the last commercial break. It was this commercial. So you missed the entire yeah, Blood and, and Guts and, and you know what? In, in, uh, for that time period. I originally was going to watch it on Fubo. And Fubo does n- it no longer has TNT as part of their lineup. Okay. Which I wasn't aware of. So I ended up watching it on, on YouTube TV. Okay. And that, that, that also happened to where you were told, hey, we're going to picture in picture. <laughs> And then there was just commercial. Just commercial, yeah. And it happened more than once. Okay. So they were just, I mean, it, and it was inter- intermittent. It wasn't just all the way through, mm-hmm. but there was a couple of times where that happened, and you're like, wait a minute. 
he said they were going to picture in picture. And here I'm watching, all you see is a commercial. And then even on YouTube TV, there's even besides the commercial, there's a little more time where it was just like some stupid, like, oh, this is your Zen time. Thank you for watching YouTube TV. Okay. That sort of a thing. Commercials are going to be different because I'm watching on my cable TV. I have Comcast. So commercials are going to be different depending on what you use. Right. But here's here's my point to, to, to all this. So you want sponsorship, you want to sponsor money. Wouldn't it have been better to to get to do it commercial free and have a sponsor? Yeah. You know, blood and guts sponsored just by for that match. whatever. You don't have to do it for the entire edition of Dynamite. Right. Just for that match. Just for that match. And there it's sponsored by this 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 what company and you tout them and you have it. Blood and guts. Throw their fucking logo on. Yeah, throw it on the, the the ring skirt. Throw you know, put it on the fucking posts of the cage. When you're showing you know, a fucking replay, you know, you have you have your little blood and guts with I don't know, we'll call it Geico. You know <laughs> Whatever. Whoever wants to sponsor the match. Like, to me, this is a kind of match that you don't interrupt the audience. It's it's supposed to be this barbaric fight it's a fight it's not even a wrestling match it's a fight no pinfalls submission or surrender even though we get it for free we're still paying by our viewership we're still paying with our time sure and you're getting that those ad dollars in you you should give us what we paid for them this I agree. is this is not this is not Miro versus Darby Allen where you can do that on TV because it's understood, and I'm not trying to disrespect those two by any means, but you have you have a because the following the following episode of Dynamite you had Miro versus Darby Allen for the TNT title, you have uh, you have an understanding that they're going to go to commercial break on TV. This is this is what you this is what you as a wrestling fan understand when you're when you're watching a TV show. Other than a, you know, a streaming service or a pay per view, that shouldn't apply to every single match that you do. If you're going to do this caliber of match, it just shouldn't. Um, extremely unfortunate. It was, again, it was a it was a good match. I did I did have fun watching it. I enjoyed some certain spots. I did like the. The tap or surrender, other than the pinfall, because again, that's you know, it just it took it just. I like when they take it away where you get that it's a fight. Yeah, it's a fight. You know what I mean? You're gonna fight until somebody gives up, and I I understand. Going now, let's go to the finish here. I but before we start picking apart the after finish, the actual finish sees MJF. And Chris Jericho on top of the cage. They're fighting up there. And it's going to end where MJF is threatening to throw Jericho off the cage. And the inner circle say, hey, we surrender. Don't do it. I get the finish. I understand the finish. I understand that MJF is a sleazy heel. He's not really the guy that's going to do big spots in, you know, as far as, you know, those kinds of situations um, to finish off a match. He's going to, he's got to do something sleazy. I, I get it. 
Doesn't mean I like it, but I get it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna harp on that too too much. However, if you're gonna do something like that, you have to you have to incorporate the heel in MJF to where he completely is obliterating the other guy, even if he does a even if he finishes off in a sleazy way, and that just didn't happen. It was just like, hey, look what I'm gonna do, <laughs> look what I'm doing, and at no point did you feel that it was genuine. No, not at all. Not by a long shot. And then when they when they quit, at no point did you feel whether it was Sammy Guevara, whether it was anybody Sammy Guevara is the one that says that we surrender. But at no point do you feel like that shit. Like we had it won. But he's about to, they're about to throw our boy off. Like that that angst, that that that's undying need to save your 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 friend your your brother yeah you didn't feel that it's just like hey don't don't do it don't no 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 don't none of it fucking worked in that sense and it's a shame because that finish even though i still wouldn't like it for my taste it still could have had a a, a realistic feel to it and it just very much felt like hey we're done working tonight, guys. Hey, don't do it. Don't do it. And then the bell's <laughs> over. And that's it. What is your take on the actual finish? Before we before we get to the spot, what's your take on that finish? I agree with you completely. Very disingenuine. Um, I saw that coming a mile away. You know, they're up there on top. I mean, minus the poor execution. You just It was very predictable. They're up on top. The match finishes on top. Mm -hmm. What else are you going to do? You know, and they they sure as hell attempted it. Um, but I'll leave it at that. It wasn't much more than that to me, because um, it was <laughs> it was shit for execution, and uh, yeah, just very disingenuous and very unbelievable in a bad way. Yeah. And yeah, I, fuck. You had a fucking year. You had a year to figure shit out. Chris Jericho gets thrown off the the cage. He does the spot, but I'll say this because everybody knows what the spot is. <laughs> but I'll I'll say the same thing that I've been saying since day one on this podcast. If you are not willing to do a spot. Don't fucking attempt it. Then don't, yeah, don't do it. Because what they used and how all that shit looked, it, I mean, you might as well jump into those fucking play pens that, yeah. at those fucking Discovery Zones yeah. type things. <laughs> it was, it was, it, it was such a shitty finish. It's like, how do we top ourselves on that shitty finish with the fucking barbed wire, exploding barbed wire match? And they figured it out. And, and when Chris Jericho talks about not ever doing that spot again, yeah, don't ever do that spot again. But again, if you're unwilling to do high spots, you should have had somebody else in that situation. Yeah. Somebody else that was willing to do the spot. I'm not 
I'm not shitting on Jericho for not wanting to do a spot. You know, but at the same time, use some damn common sense then. That brings up a question. If if he if he volunteered to do the spot or they booked it with him to do the spot and he was okay to do it. I guess that's fine. But then why if you were so fucking concerned with taking the spot again, why do it? So if it had to be somebody else I, am, am I missing something or, or pretty much it could have been any one of the other teammates and still had the same effect am I wrong in saying that you could have certainly if you took your time isn't that something we always do <laughs> you take your time and telling the story if you took your time you most certainly could it, it could have easily been Sammy Guevara who has shown plenty of times that he can take the high spots I mean, the guy fucking got ran over by a fucking golf cart. Right. I mean, <laughs> um, and and it, it would it still would have made sense too, because Sammy Guevara and MJF this 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 was the rivalry before MJF and Chris Jericho. You could emphasize the Jericho versus MJF because MJF beats Jericho again by beating up his his brother. Like we again, you inner circle is beating the shit out of the guys in the ring, and MJF is trying to escape, and Sammy Guevara sees it instead of Jericho, and he goes up there and says, "No, no, no, you, you know, I'm gonna whoop your ass," and then MJF gets the better of him, beats him to a fucking pulp, and Jericho's seeing this, and he's and he's he's fearful, he's he's worried about his friend, his brother. And then, then you get to the spot where a lifeless Sammy Guevara is hanging over the cage. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking throw him over. He's MJ, and he's pleading. He even gets on his knees, begs him, "Don't do it. We yeah. surrender. We surrender." That makes much more sense. And then Sammy Guevara does the spot, and he would have done the spot. He would have done the spot. He's younger. He's certainly more hungry. He's certainly hungrier. And at this point in his career, he's he's more talented to do stuff like this than a guy who, again, the 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 kind of the old school way. He's paid his dues. And and I'm 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 taking the approach of of picking out all of the 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 hypotheticals here because now with with, with that logic going into it, it definitely wasn't like a company mandate because if that was the case they wouldn't let Darby Allen do half the shit he does right so we know that's not it so the more and more we pick this apart it just seems like this was fucking Chris Jericho pretty much like hey I want to I want to be the dude to do it so that he could get the recognition for the spot only he wanted to half ass it Mm -hmm. that's what it comes down to they want to emphasize Jericho versus MJF. And that's fine. That's That program works. It didn't need to culminate at Blood and Guts. Especially if you're going to do Blood and Guts when you did it. It doesn't need to culminate. You could take Sammy Guevara out of the picture and now Jericho's even hungrier to get your ass. Because he looks at Sammy like a like a son, almost. Like, he... he, he now, now he sees Red and like, we're going to do this again. 
you know, certainly when you challenge him again to a, to a, to the the street fighter stadium brawl or whatever it is, instead of doing the funny stuff that they did, they did they brought out a fucking you know the the truck with the water hose and they're spraying him down in the ring, you know, instead of doing funny antics because you just got done going to fucking war with them the following week, now we're making this a comedy show. Again, that's great booking. This is the thing I I don't understand about Chris Jericho and 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 then all the fanboys. Look. Get it out of your system, ladies and gentlemen. I don't claim to know more about professional wrestling than Chris Jericho. I don't. Okay, the man, his his reputation, his 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 work speaks for himself. The guy's a fucking bona fide legend. There's no doubt about that. Okay. That being said, you got to get it out your fucking mind that everything that Chris Jericho does is fucking right and smart because it it hasn't been throughout his career in certain areas, and it certainly isn't now in this case. This fucking funny shit when you're when you're going to fucking war with somebody, you and I said that about the Adam Cole Colorado match at, at uh, Stand and Deliver. Mm-hmm. Me and Joe going at it. Joe's a fucking big motherfucker, and I'm going to war with him, and I'm fucking coming out playing air guitar. <laughs> <laughs> like what fucking sense does that make? It, it makes none. I gotta. I here I am, my brother, who we are now at war with each other. I'm intense. I'm a little, I'm a little sad, but also, you know, the anger is fueling me. Like it's, it's that raw emotion you're supposed to have. You're going to war. It's even though you can't call it war games, it's fucking war games. Yeah. Why are we, why are we making jokes? You just got done doing war games. Nobody's selling besides some bandages on on FTR's head. Right. Nobody's selling injuries. Nobody's selling like, man, we've been through war. Even if you got to fucking fake it, just fake a limp or something. Nobody's doing that. They did not take this fucking match seriously as far as the end game is concerned. And and that's the thing where I was like, how is that right, Jericho? How is it right to fucking make jokes after the fact that you went to fucking war and you were thrown off a cage? I, that's the part that I don't understand. I, I don't either. I really don't, and the, the booking is just all over the fucking place. Uh, you and I were talking before we started recording, and we found out QT Marshall is the one that's formatting television, and if I'm not mistaken, it was Fightful.com who, who did the interview, and QT basically kind of peels back a... a, a a layer behind the scenes of how shit gets formatted from week to week. And he even admitted that Tony Khan keeps certain information from being divulged to QT, who formats the fucking television show. It's a pretty important job, right? Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes, even past the point where he's supposed to know what's going on. So they have to halt production... So that he could get stuff clarified as to what's going on because Tony Khan doesn't want him to necessarily know or divulge what's what's supposed to be going on. Yeah. For whatever reason, whether it's fear of it being leaked or um, um, 
a power trip or, or what have you, but that's just stupid. You are just being naive. Yeah. You're stupid, like you oh, said. Oh, man. That's, it, it is. It's stupid. <laughs> Where are the, where's the other executive vice presidents? Aren't there four other ex- executive VPs? I fucking thought. You would think We're, this is common sense. <laughs> you know what this is, man? This is the inmates running the asylum. It's it's very much so. And and you know, I don't get me wrong. I also don't claim to know more about professional wrestling than Chris Jericho, but I will say this. Not everybody who's a professional in their line of work is capable or should be in charge of their professional destiny. I say that because you could have all the knowledge in the fucking world. If you don't know how to utilize that knowledge, then you shouldn't. You've been a wrestling fan longer than I have. Only because I'm older than you. Yes. But you've seen it longer than I have, where you guys in that position are, and, and how it fails. Yeah. Throughout wrestling history. It's not going to just change overnight, because people think Chris Jericho is a fucking genius. Again, Hall of Famer in, in wrestling, right? All over the world. One of my favorite wrestlers to watch. I don't hate Chris Jericho by any means. I I I, enjoy, I definitely enjoy his work. I always have, and I always will. And so long as he can is capable of, of putting on the matches, like he says, I I want him in in the business. It's it's just stupid decisions like this, and it's not like, oh, you know, hey, it, it happens. Yeah, but this this could have been prevented by doing it on pay per view, doing it on pay per view for one, yeah, and taking the time to really to really think everything out because when you have I don't know I mean they advertised it for like three weeks I don't know how long they were planning this I'm sure I'm I'm sure it was longer than three weeks at least I would hope so but you didn't give yourself enough time to build the the battle between Pinnacle and Inner Circle Pinnacle just fucking started you didn't give them any time to be the motherfuckers that we know they can be and because of that, what you have is a bunch of missed opportunities. And the very first War Games match, or Blood and Guts match in AEW, again, I, I enjoyed it for the most part, but that ending is what's going to be remembered. And it's... <laughs> you and I are not the only ones that, are, that, are, that agree that it's not something to be proud of. Do you remember when The Undertaker became the American badass? I do. Okay. That's there's there's my evidence, there's my case in point. Just because you're a professional in your line of work, you shouldn't that was a bad decision. Mm-hmm. You're the Undertaker. Stay the fucking Undertaker. Don't become don't become a fucking biker out of nowhere. Like, you're a dead man. Yeah. Leave it at that. You don't need to, you know? Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Do you remember when he went heel? Yeah. Yeah, don't fucking do that. You're Stone Cold Steve Austin. You don't need to be heel. Whoever let them do that, or whoever approved that, 
should have been fucking told ahead of time. That's a bad fucking idea. Why would you do that? It makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Why does the the biggest anti-hero in, in professional wrestling in that era now singing fucking Kumbaya? And, uh... Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. I, I, I war... You think of war games... I know one of you, I know one of your favorite war games matches, Horseman versus NWO. Oh my God! Yeah. Do you remember what it was like when Kurt Henning turned? I was shocked. I I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it right now. It, you know, I, it it took me it took me and everybody else by fucking surprise. No one fucking seen that coming. Mm-hmm. You're sitting there, you're watching it, and he just, out of nowhere, you're like, oh, wait a minute, what the fuck? And then, to put icing on that proverbial cake, he sticks Flair's head in between the cage door, and he fucking hauls off and squishes his head. Mm-hmm. And Flair's bleeding like a stuck pig. You heard Flair, like, cry. Yeah. That's how you could tell it fucking hurt him, whether he was just selling it or not. That was it, it, everything was believable going into that match. You know, like, like, war, like, blood and guts. You had MJF, you had Jericho. We know those were the focal points, right? Mm-hmm. Kurt Henning wasn't the focal point going into that match, not at all. That's my point. Yeah, it could have been a Sammy Guevara, it could have been. Yeah, there's 10 guys in that ring. You, you don't always have to go. With the predictable answer, because you go back to that match, one of the one of the biggest shocking turns that, that that I've seen at a young age at that time, and it was just one of the guys that was in the ring. Yeah. Um. Blood and guts. If you haven't seen it, I, I do recommend watching it. it. It's 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 worth a watch. Make your own predictions or make your own. Uh, Thoughts on on it. See if you agree or disagree with us, and then sound off on it. Uh, as always, but uh, moving on here, we did talk about uh, the the a little bit of the aftermath coming up this weekend, um, or coming up soon. Here we have Double or Nothing, as we talked about the the show in which we should have seen Blood and Guts on, but we're not. Um, <laughs> that's coming Memorial Day weekend. We have, as of this recording, uh, about f- six matches booked, I believe, or five matches booked. Um, Inner Circle, for, as of right now, Inner Circle and Pinnacle is not official. Jericho hasn't answered. Um, <laughs> and the reason why it's it's uh, I say that. Is because they added the stipulation, or MGF added a stipulation that if, if Inner Circle loses, they're done. They have to disband. So I'm waiting to see if there's any like rebuttal to that. But that's what's it's going to happen. We're going to get that match. It's just a matter of stipulations and shit like that. Um, Casino Battle Royale, as always. A couple of interesting things. Uh, oh, Britt Baker, Hikaru Shida uh, for the women's title. I think Hikaru Shida is finally going to drop that belt. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Britt Baker, but she's getting pushed too hard not to win that belt. And you know what, man? That that squash match she had on the Blood and Guts edition of AEW Dynamite, I was pretty happy with. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I I loved the the I love her being heel. Mm-hmm. I thought um, the way she handled that match was great. Um, poor Julie Hart, fucking. <laughs> I mean, that was the the way she put on um, her finishing move. It was pretty brutal. Uh, but I know before that happened, she took one hell of a fucking clothesline too from her. And uh, everything about that for me was great. Uh, it's just at the same time, it's like this was a squash match you could have easily had on Dark or Revolution. And as long as she put on that same performance, you have done the same thing. Could have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. I I don't think you needed to have a a Britt Baker match on that show. I think no. I think you just needed to cut a promo. The, the, that the, that yeah. was about it. And you get the same thing over. Um, I yeah I I I stand by Britt Baker winning the bell again. I'm not a fan, but it's not about me, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, uh, I I think uh, I think it's time to see uh, a change of the guards. Karashita had a nice rain, had a really good rain. Um, but it'd be it'd be nice to see a, a a dirty heel with that belt for a little while. Um, let's talk Cody Rhodes here. Cody Rhodes cut a promo. The week after Blood and Guts, and if you want to listen to promo, um, you can check it out yourself. But I didn't know where he was going with it at first. He started talking about uh, America and and division and all that stuff, and it, it it might help to know that he's he's facing Anthony Gogo. Anthony Gogo is from England, um, and. It, Long story short here, because I really just want to get to the point on this one. He started bringing up, you know, American this and that and all that stuff. And it came to the thing where Anthony Gogo, who's on the... I can't remember all these fucking faction names in AEW, but, you know, QT Marshall's faction, whatever whatever they're called. I forget what they're called. <laughs> the, the other, you know... It's Are like, they, aren't they called the Factory? Oh, is it the Factory? Yeah. I was gonna say like you had NWO, like so you had the Namer family, and then you had the B team. Yeah. So that's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's the Factory. So you you have Anthony Gogo from the Factory against Cody Rhodes and the Nightmare family. They're 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 rivals, and uh, you know. So he said that to finish off to to really you know get to the point of of his uh, his promo is that. Anthony Gogo will not be facing the American Nightmare at Double or Nothing, but Anthony Gogo is going to be facing, for one night only, the American Dream. Punky here. So, <laughs> for those who didn't know what I was alluding to, you pretty much answered it. What do, what do you think of this? What do you think of him, one night only, American Dream? Is there any meaning to this? And uh, you know what? The more I think about this match, I don't think he has a choice. Okay. Because Anthony Agogo versus the American Nightmare. It's don't get me wrong. It's it's still a Cody Rhodes match, but that's at this point that's all it is. It's just a Cody Rhodes match. If you go back weeks and months before this, it doesn't really matter who Cody Rhodes was facing. He, you know, whether he won or lost, he put that person over, and it was a pretty decent match. Mm-hmm. But let's face it, that's become stale now. Yeah, it's, it's a stale idea. It's a stale 
set up to a match. So, yeah, uh, Cody gets buried in the Union Jack on TV. And that's supposed to be enough heat between the two in order for, for them to have such a heated match. And that's fine. I don't think it, it works. I, I don't think it's been executed as, uh, as it sh- should be in order to get the match over. But I think now he's promising. He's essentially coming out and promising like, hey, you're not only going to get Cody Rhodes the American Nightmare. You're going to get me amped up because now I'm pulling out the big guns, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to channel my father for one night and just take it to you. And that's great. But even if he comes out to fucking the music and he's dressed (laughs) like him and the whole nine, like by dressed like him, you mean polka dots? No. (laughs) (laughs) I I had to ask. (laughs) The sweet sapphire out of retirement, <laughs> uh, but no, um, it was well, shit. Regardless of whether it's polka dots or just the classic black trunks, the boots, yeah. and the green elbow pad, you're gonna, <laughs> you know, he's gonna have to. If he approaches the match and things he does in the match as Dusty Rhodes, great. It's it's gonna be something special to watch. But after that. Then what? It's if it, if it truly becomes this one night only kind of thing, mm-hmm. I, I guess make it special and and you know throw the obligatory pro wrestling tees t shirt together. Yeah, for sale right afterwards. You know shit like that. But it sounds very clearly that he's doing everything that he knows he can do to get Anthony Gogo a, a higher profile match. Yeah, because Anthony Gogo, I don't know much about him. Apparently, he's a, I think he's an Olympic boxer. Yes, I'm sure he has his success in that, and that's great. But he's just not a professional wrestler. He's and trying to be. He's trying to be, and but there's trying and there's there's doing, and from what I've seen out of him, there there isn't much to really tout about right now. Definitely shouldn't be facing a guy at the caliber of Cody Rhodes. A double or nothing, but it's happening. But it kind of feels like a celebrity match to me. Yeah. And so, therefore, it just feels like, how do I get people interested? Because as soon as he announced Anthony Gogo, I'm just like, dude, who the fuck cares? This is your big I announcement. Don't. <laughs> you know, like, I'd rather see you fucking fight Audrey Edwards, Edwards at this point. You know, it's like, fight her. I don't, you know, I. <laughs> There's a, there's a, there's a there's a plethora of other people on that fucking roster that you could have used, including a QT Marshall, who he, I know he had the match with already. But again, you can tell a long term storyline. Yeah. <laughs> at, at that rate, do I think Cody Rhodes will help get Anthony Gogo over? Of course I do. It's also going to be up to 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 Anthony to answer the the call, of course, and see if he can step up to the challenge of. You know, following his lead and putting on a good match, but again, I think a lot of the, this this is all a hype train. A little segue question that's relevant to the topic: Dusty Rhodes, if he was here today, what do you think he would think of AEW, and would things be the same or would things be different? Things would be different. 
I could tell you that right now because Dusty, <laughs> Dusty was all about getting himself over. And and don't get me wrong, like it's not like he would be wrestling right. necessarily, but I could tell you right now, Cody Rhodes would be in in much more of a higher profile situation with the company a lot more often. Not only that, chances are Dusty would have some kind of booking control. And I'm not against that, but at the same time, it uh, what I'm trying to say is it would change the product, and maybe for the better, depending uh, on how you look at things. But oh yeah, that that's for damn sure. It would it would definitely change. I think certain things too that outside of Cody might be a little different because it seems like when it comes to booking. That old school style maybe would come out a little bit more. And maybe we'll have a little bit more common sense. Yeah. Especially with blood and guts. But let's not talk about that anymore. Kenny Omega's got a match. Kenny Omega is going to be defending the the world title. Kenny Omega's pulling double duty uh, in the month of May. uh, Because he is going to be wrestling for Impact Wrestling or... He has wrestled for Impact Wrestling for Under Siege. Uh, he's teaming with uh, the Good Brothers to take on, uh, I forget now. Oh, Eddie Edwards and, and Finjuice. Yes. Mente. You have Kenny Omega defending the world title against two guys, Pac and Orange Cassidy. Three-way match. I believe this is the first three-way match for the world title. Uh, in company history, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that sounds about right. Not that it's a very long history, of course, but, <laughs> you know, first time, so that's something. Kenny Omega, safe to say that he walks out double or nothing as world champion still? Oh, yeah. They're not going to fucking do all this shit with him and multiple belts and this, uh, take it away from him that quick. <laughs> did, they, did, did they drop the... And I'm not trying to be shit on Orange Cassidy, but did they drop the ball by making it a three way? Because let's 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 be let's face facts here. You and I talked about this, but let's bring it to let's put it on the mic here, make it official. Last time Pac and Kenny Omega went one on one, Pac made Kenny Omega pass out. Pass out, yeah. Isn't that enough to say, hey Omega, you're you're the belt collector, you're all this stuff. But last time I faced you, you couldn't even make it through the match without going to sleep. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't watch the AEW Dynamite after Blood and Guts. So you tell me, was that addressed at all? It. It was. If it was, it would. It would. It was barely. It was quickly talked about, maybe by Excalibur. So not Pac. But not. Not. Yeah. Not them. Not. Yeah. None of that. That's what slays me about all this. Missed opportunity there. A big missed opportunity. Mm -hmm. Because you and I were talking about that before we started recording. I asked Matt, when was the last time Pac and Omega fought? And we came to the conclusion that it was that match. Now, there's something you might not remember about that. But do you remember why the match ended that way? He put him in his uh, submission. Okay, but outside of the oh, ring. Oh, outside of the ring? I don't remember. Pac 
was having a hard time before he came to AEW. He was they were under contract negotiations with him, and he didn't want to fucking lose. He didn't want to lose. Yeah, yeah, he didn't want to lose for a, 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 a to a bunch of people for a lot of different reasons, but mainly because he felt he was that damn good of a performer. Which don't get me wrong, he's clearly talented, but that's why that match ended the way it ended. It was that very unclean, uncertain finish, okay? So now, fast forward to this match, and what do we have? It isn't Kenny Omega versus Pac. It's Kenny Omega versus Pac versus Orange Cassidy. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah. So I think that's got a lot to do with Orange Cassidy being in the the match. And so now, they can't... You know, maybe they can, but they don't want to do another repeat of someone passing out. So guess what? Let's throw Orange Cassidy in the mix and get him involved. So you're, I'm pretty much saying it's going to be a very non-clean finish. No one's going to get pinned necessarily. Or they're going to fucking pin Orange Cassidy. So that we get like another opportunity down the road for Omega and Pac to have it out. One more time. Is 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 Omega and Pack like the fucking next uh, Hogan and Ric Flair in WWE situation? I mean, are we are we gonna get a clear winner out of this? No, I I don't think so, and I think a lot of it has to do with Pac and and him being the I don't know if you want to say shrewd businessman or or, or however you want to refer to him as, but. If you're that adamant about keeping yourself undefeated or or not being defeated for any old reason, then there's going to be a lot of shit like this that goes on with your matches. And so, sooner or later, something's going to have to give, especially if you if they're going to keep pushing this forbidden door and Omega being the collector and, and all that shit, and Pac is eventually going to collide with him again for a world title opportunity something's got to change you just can't keep coming into it like hey I don't want to lose to Kenny Omega you know <laughs> I'm less excited about the, the, this match but that yeah that makes sense it makes sense that uh, you know Orange Cassidy is he's the guy there to lose He's, he's, he's there for one reason. Or prevent someone from winning. Prevent someone from winning. <laughs> yeah. Um, real quick here. We're watching, so we got a, a new uh, version, uh, edition of, of Evolve. This is more of the newer side of, of things. This is uh, Anthony Henry versus Darby yeah, Allen. Yeah. Right? They interrupted uh, Brandy Lauren and uh, Priscilla Kelly, bastards, uh, <laughs> from, uh, from their match. But on the on the second screen here, I threw on tenth uh, anniversary of Ring of Honor. I'm pretty sure we were at the show, right? Yes, sir. We were at the show. Okay. Um, was this the night where a mutual friend of ours threw a certain object at Rhino? At Rhino. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, and he listens to the show from time to time. So if you happen to be listening to this episode, I love you to death. You're my brother. But I'll remind you, even after all these years later, it's going to take a lot more for me to fight Rhino for you. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was intense. 
He yeah. knew exactly what happened, where yeah, it came but, from. You know, because <laughs> the person we're talking about, he had been to, to multiple Ring of Honor shows with us, so this was nothing new to him. Not that he would sit there and um, throw shit at the, the wrestlers all, at every show, but, like, to, to give it a little more context, the first Ring of Honor show that I ever went to with him, and it happened to be that that was also our first Ring of Honor show, the main event was Colt Cabana versus Homicide mm. in a Chicago street fight. One of in, my favorites. In which they threw ton. We, we got to throw tons of fucking chairs into the ring. So you go into Ring of Honor with that mentality <laughs> and it was just okay for people to do shit like that from time to time. Now... Again, to add a little more context, at this anniversary show, there were people throwing stuff in the ring. Not necessarily what he threw in the ring, which was a bottle of Pepsi, but they were throwing stuff in the ring at Rhino and, and whomever else was in the ring. I can't remember at this. It's, it was, it was, uh, he threw a, he threw actually a Gatorade bottle, so it had a little more same, same difference. emphasis on yeah. it, but yeah, but... Um, the, uh, <laughs> it was, it was Scum was the name of the faction. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It, it, Scum did not last very long in Ring of Honor. Not at all. It, it just, it seemed like way too many fucking people were in it at, all at once. Like, Matt Hardy yeah. came out of nowhere. He was in Scum. It, it, but it was a Steve Carino faction that they debuted that night. And, yeah, fans were throwing garbage in the ring. And he fucking whipped that bottle right at Rhino. It, it was just funny because he whips the bottle. And you know what? I don't even want to say he whipped it because we weren't that far away from the ring. Sure. But he lobbed it into the ring and it bonked Rhino right on the forehead. And Rhino immediately shot around like and looked directly at our buddy. And my buddy looks at us and he's just like, oh shit. Yeah, and he fucking he he tailed it away from our row. <laughs> I told him I was like, man, if he comes out here, man, don't get me wrong. Like I'm gonna go to bat for you, but uh, we might all be losing. <laughs> I miss I miss wrestling shows altogether. Oh yeah, but man, if if I could go back in time, one, I mean, I, I said it before, ECW was. The, the, I wish I could have. I, I I'm, I I'm telling there. you, if we had known each other at the time, I would have got you in that show somehow, some way. But like those those Ring of Honor shows, my very first Ring of Honor show, the only downside to my very first Ring of Honor show was that it was one of Daniel Bryan. I'm sorry, Brian Danielson's last, last matches. matches yeah. It was the final countdown tour. He fought Austin Aries that night. Hell of a show. I, I oh, remember yeah. that fucking show like it was yesterday, man. It, it was. I w- that's the kind of ring of honor that I wish we can go back to, and 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 I think we can get to that level again, especially when um, we get people back in in seats and all that sure, stuff. Sure, yeah. But uh, I had to throw it on because it's like, man, I, I'm pretty sure this is the one we were at. <laughs> um, ring of Honor 10th anniversary show from Frontier Fieldhouse. I missed that venue. Chicago Ridge. Chicago Ridge, baby. Uh, what are we talking about? Bloody. Uh, what are we talking about here? We got uh, Double or Nothing. Yeah, we were talking about Kenny Omega and 
Pac and and the, he's the belt collector. So <laughs> I wanted I wanted to bring that up actually. So he's he is the belt collector. He has officially three titles, even though he has four belts. For whatever reason, Impact Wrestling is still recognizing that fucking TNA World Heavyweight title. So fucking stupid. Like they should have unified it and then pretty much just just put it back in the archives. But um, he's he's got three belts. Some people are, are touting this as like the best thing to happen to pro wrestling. They had to be reminded that this is not the first belt collector that's existed. Right. <laughs> and there's two that come to mind immediately, but again, they're not the only ones. We've talked about them before. Austin Aries did it not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the one that most wrestling fans will remember is Ultimate Dragon. Great Sasuke. Great Sasuke. Yeah. Ultimate Dragon, he came to the States with those belts. 90s, right? If if Ultimate Dragon had the platform that a Kenny Omega has, you know, internet, streaming services, all that, all that jazz, would we still be looking at even, even and not necessarily fanboys, because fanboys of Kenny Omega are going to be fanboys of Kenny Omega. True. Right? And that's that's me being nice, okay? <laughs> but it would would other fans of pro wrestling look at this and say, you haven't reached Ultimate Dragon status if Ultimate Dragon had the playing field that a Kenny Omega has? Quite honestly, I, I'm surprised that that isn't already what's going on. You have the internet at your fucking fingertips. Mm -hmm. More so now than any other time in human existence. How quick does it take for you to look up said information? Right? Yeah. But no, Kenny Omega, he's the fucking belt collector. It's revolutionary. Yeah, oh wow. (laughs) You fucking joking me right now? Not to mention... Not to mention, Ultimo Dragon and Great Sasuke and by uh, <laughs> by association, Austin Aries, all faced tougher, more pure wrestling opponents than Kenny Omega has for his collection of titles. Mm-hmm. So again, I love Kenny Omega, yeah. and I'm a fan. Yeah. But you, you fucking people who think he's uh, the 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 greatest thing walking God's green earth, so to speak, you gotta calm it down. It it is not that. You've got four belts, two of which are from the same fucking company. Yeah. So let's just. He's got three belts. He's got three belts. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And and I get it. You know, there's a pandemic going on, and shits. You know, it's gonna take time to build his collection, so to speak. That's fine, but guess what? You didn't fucking you didn't fight in a fucking Super J Cup tournament against uh, multiple opponents. Sometimes in the span of one or two nights to get your belts. You know, this is him pick. He's pretty much cherry picking mm-hmm. his opponents. He's cherry picking. His opportunities, with a lot less fucking hard work to go to go forth with it. So, again, I love the idea, and and although it's not revolutionary, it's still a really cool idea. But that 
it's two different conversations. I'm glad you brought up Super J Cup because I want to go to Japan for a little bit here. But stick with Kenny Omega. If the pandemic was not happening, okay, mm-hmm. which hopefully, hopefully someday soon we can say that. And you know, summertime we have the G1. Would you book Kenny Omega in the G1 as the belt collector? All aside, his bitterness with New Japan too. As far as just booking it, is that something that you would you would look at and say, "Hey, he's a collector for sure." You know, but he he's not just going to come in here and face Will Osprey. He's got to go through an entire round robin tournament, which could potentially lead to a match with Kota Ibushi. And in, it would it would lend a lot more credibility to his title reign or reigns as the belt collector if he went, entered the G1, and I'm not even saying necessarily won the thing, but got very deep into it. Mm -hmm. Because now you're talking, there's all your hard work, there's all your paying your dues. And then... It could be it could be settled down the line if he won the G one. Hey, I'm vying for that title, or I got really deep in the G one. I didn't win it, but I'll be back for my revenge. And then you could either book it like, hey, Will Osprey says, you know what? I don't give a shit about the rules. So and so is gonna get first dibs because they won the G one. But then after that, you and I are gonna go for the title. So I, I guess yeah, I guess yeah, I would bu- book him, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Right? Yeah, and and I bring that up too because unfortunately, here in the month of May, New Japan uh, got shut down again, um, pandemic related. Obviously, per usual, the most important thing is everybody's health, you know, and and and, and everything, but. To say that this is this is a shitty situation is an understatement. Two big shows got canceled, or I shouldn't say canceled, they got postponed. The Grand Slam in Yokohama and the Grand Slam in Tokyo, they were supposed to go back to Tokyo Dome. Yep. Um, as of this recording, I don't know what's happening for Dominion. It's scheduled for June 6th. Yeah, it's still, it's still it, tentatively it, scheduled. They haven't canceled that yet. But at this point, New Japan is suffering another... Another turn of, like, hey, we were shut down. Now, I don't know what that means for travel. I'm, I'm assuming that's shut down, too. Or very restricted. Or very restricted. However, if, let's say, they're shut down from having capacity people or people in capacity for and, and no shows for a couple of months here... Do we potentially, if 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 plausible to get people over here in the states, do we potentially see a G one tournament that could happen in the states, just so they could have something? Because at this point, you're shut down, and New Japan can't. I'm, I'm going to say it right now, New Japan will not do well for shutting down for another three or four months when everybody else is is working. Including your American product, 
I I don't me personally I don't see them doing a an American based G one. I really don't. Um but we are under non-traditional circumstances um, as we see Sarah Del Rey on the uh, on the the second screen here at the 10th anniversary Ring of Honor show Chicago Ridge I miss Sarah Del Rey yeah hell of a worker hell yeah um, but yeah I don't see New Japan doing an American based G1 tournament um I think what they will do though is offer alternative programming that may be state based with New Japan Strong I think that was part of the reason going back to uh, what we talked about with Filthy Tom Lawler putting that NJPW Strong title on him so that they still have ties and working like a, a, a some sort of a working platform minus their dojo in the states while they continue to to try and um, get get better with uh, this whole covid issue that they're facing in in Japan i mean it's it's fucking crazy right now so, but no, to to answer your question, no, I don't see them doing that. Even even if it's a last resort, I think they'll come up with something else. My my only reason I bring that up is because for me, <clears throat> I try to find. I, I I think it's it's important to try to find ways to be relevant during times where. You, you know you're struggling, and last time we're struggling to to put on shows. And last time when when they when they uh, were down, and again, I look everybody was down for the most part, besides WWE and AEW, like everybody was was down. But that being said, you have a company that put on these weird segments that had no rhyme or reason, and and it might have done well in Japan. But again, the stateside thing—it's just—it's just so many steps backwards, and you know you're trying to continue to westernize your product, but also you're trying to sell internationally, streaming services and things of that nature. And NJPW Strong is not going to be enough, even if they beef up the beef it up more. It's just—it's just not going to be enough. That roster, like I, like I said before, uh, a few a few episodes ago. I love Tom Lawler. I love Chris Dickinson. I love a lot. I pretty much all those guys are talented, but they're not big enough names. They're not Hiroshi Tanahashi. They're not Kazuchika Okada. They're not Jay White. They're not Tatsu Naito. And those are the those are the money makers. And the money makers are sitting at home doing nothing. So I hear you saying I agree with that. I I I too don't think that that's a, that's on the table for them to come here to the states to do it on the show. But NJPW strong because they haven't built it up to be a strong roster no pun intended quite yet and and again it's a work in progress i'm not saying i'm not shitting on them for that but i just feel they they have to find something something that's that it is more relevant to the overall wrestling fan because your streaming services it, from from my understanding 
in Japan, selling it in Japan is not as big of a deal as selling it here in the States because a lot of the stuff that they they do in Japan is also aired on Japanese television. Whereas we obviously don't have that access to Japanese television. We're dependent on the streaming service. I still subscribe. I don't have any intentions on on unsubscribing to them because the content is ridiculous of what you get on there. But it's also a, a matter of the other wrestling fans that maybe are dependent on new stuff. You know, these big events and what's happening now. And you're going to see a, a drop in, 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 in both streaming services and probably a drop in merchandise sales because who do you... Yeah, you know all the guys who are on strong don't have fucking t-shirts and merchandise through NJPW. All the merchandise are the guys on the Japanese side. Sure, and that's why I bring that up. Is if this goes on longer, ideally, for numerous reasons, for health reasons and entertainment reasons, I hope June sixth we see Dominion, and we go back to to wrestling business as somewhat usual as we were during this pandemic. But if not. And it goes into July and it goes into August G1 season. Yeah, you can push back the G1. Sure, that's an idea. That's probably what's going to happen. But if not, you know, and this thing continues to go for months and we get closer to Wrestle Kingdom, I mean, it, if you had two options of cancel G1 or move it to the States or another country, you know, I, I know that's extreme thinking, but I, for me... I just I worry about it because this whole this whole time we live in this pandemic world and maybe you know maybe it, it it does end you know as far as this immediate shutdown situation ends sooner than later ideally but if not I just I just worry about the future of this amazing company because it's like they don't have a product to give out and it's scary and it's got to be scary for them too obviously again health reasons that's the most important thing but business side of things. I don't. I mean, can can you survive a second shutdown? I'm not saying they're going to shut down and and fold and go in bankruptcy, but that's a big uphill battle to 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 fucking try to come back from in 2022, if that's the case, and try to regain everything that they continue to lose because of this. Well, and and to to a bigger extent, we also have to. In a similar situation, we also have to take in into consideration what's about what's about to happen uh, here in the states with shows getting back to capacity whether it be 25% 50% what have you sure yes because um, for those of you who don't know there's a lot of stuff trying to reopen in the states in the upcoming months uh, we have major pop culture conventions mm-hmm. we have aew wants to tour. We have WWE announcing they're going to start touring in July. Double or nothing is full capacity. Double or nothing is going to be full capacity. And we have already seen, you know, like when WrestleMania came around, two nights, great. It was it was awesome that people were in attendance and stuff, but guess what? People contracted COVID from, from being there. So we have to... We still have to deal with that, and and although there's a lot more people vaccinated this time around, doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be free and clear of of that happening again. So these these next 
four to six months are going to be very tricky all over the damn place, especially concerning professional wrestling. You got Yuji Nagata has showed up at Dynamite to challenge uh, John Moxley for the U.S. Heavyweight Title. That's kind of the reason that that it, it, that really sparked my my interest in this whole what's what are we doing here? Finjuice, Impact Wrestling, El Fantasmo, Impact Wrestling. Those are New Japan guys. Okay, so my thing is like even if not G One, if they can get a bigger name here. And, and again, I know the trickiness. We've talked about the trickiness. You know, you're not going to bring a Kazuchika Okada over here just to lose. So now you have to find a spot for him to <laughs> to to get over. I understand there's a problems here, but again, you know, I th- those certain guys that have come here stateside for various different reasons leads you to wonder that if that's on the table. And that's why I brought up what I brought up, but We'll see. Ideally, again, they we get Dominion and we get back a little bit of normalcy during these uncertain times still. Um, what is your take going to what we talked about here with the full capacity and the touring here in, in, the, United, in the United States? Now, we, we try to be as non-political as possible this is not what we try to do we try to be a little bit of an escape from that and talk about professional wrestling but this is a topic that is going to be brought up quite a bit here so i guess my question for you is for the wrestlers because we've already we've already heard from guys like kevin owens in the past who don't want to travel during these times you got guys like roman reigns who I don't know the exact term of it, but you know he's 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 a cancer survivor. You know his uh, his immune system is in question here. How is that going to safety or non safety aside? Assuming ideally everybody's safe, right? But that aside, how is the traveling? How do you think it's going to go over with the boys, if you will? Because. Losing a guy like Roman Reigns, I mean, that's your fucking universal champion. Fox ain't going to be none too happy. Um, losing guys like that, losing the losing the losing the the talent, saying you know what, I'm not doing that because they don't want to put their family, their health, and their family's health at risk. Do you think this is going to get over? I mean, July is right around the corner. What's what's your take on that? Uh, here in the state, I don't know how it is in Japan, but here in the states, yes, yeah. They'll they'll be able to tour. They'll be able to have people. Um, look at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Two nights, they were like, "We're gonna have people." Doesn't matter what the fuck uh, any anyone thinks. We're gonna have people, whatever. And I'm sure it was a special night for the people in attendance. But guess what happened? People got sick, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's unavoidable. And and let's 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 be honest, Matt. We live in America. We know how Americans can be. And if you really want to go see something, come hell or high water, no one's gonna fucking stop you. You're gonna find a way. It's as simple as that. And you know whether you know you could be told all uh, in fifteen different ways that hey, your health may be in jeopardy. But guess what? There's still going to be an audience out there that still wants to go see wrestling live, no matter the cost. 
or no matter the potential cost. And what about the wrestlers that, you know, because even though WrestleMania had, had audience, they they were stationed out there in Tampa. They didn't leave Tampa, Florida. They're still in Tampa, you, you know, whether it was uh, Tropicana Field or where WrestleMania was, Raymond James, or now Youngling Center, I believe, is also in Tampa or right yes. by Tampa. <clears throat> you know, let's say, hey, we're going to go Tampa to this today, and then next week we're going to be in... It's it's a little North bit Carolina. different with WWE because they have whether regardless of whether they do or do not test frequently, they have the financial capability and and the overall resources to do so. Mm-hmm. So, and and I could I would imagine that the they have paid for whoever is on their roster to already have been vaccinated, you know? Sure. You know what I'm saying? So that's, it's a little bit different with them. With other companies, it it's more than likely not the same set of circumstances, especially with indie shows, you know? You don't have, your, your, your normal or average indie wrestler may not be vaccinated or, or may be attending a, a town or, or a venue that is a little more susceptible to, you know, related issues with COVID. So mm-hmm. that's that's where the problems come in. If you have, if you're in a situation where things could be monitored and you have those resources, great. But not everybody has that. And, and you know, obviously that's the whole point of the this... Um, approach to herd immunity by having as many people vaccinated as possible by, by you know, within a certain time frame. But it's it 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 shouldn't affect it shouldn't affect WWE because, to my knowledge, after WrestleMania, I don't think anybody from the roster had gotten sick or was reported to be being sick so it was just fans in attendance and you know that's that's two different things you mm-hmm. know that's two different sets of people so in you can't uh, again it's a different set of circumstances for an indie show because uh, you know indie shows even now are a little more involved than your typical WWE show so that's 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 where the big issues come in on paper it's it feels nice again i i try i try to keep my opinions on everything out of things i i just i do want normalcy like everybody else i want everybody to be safe of course and and uh um you know just being able to to live their lives safely and 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 healthy but with that being said you know this kind of just seems as one of those things where it almost feels like it's too good to be true Getting people back into to whether it's 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 too it's too fast or, or not. I mean, I understand the argument too, where other other things are happening, as you mentioned. You know, sporting events have already been been um, doing capacity at certain levels. Here in, in our neck of the woods, we're we're going up to sixty percent. Um, instead, we were at twenty five. Now we're going up to sixty percent. That's over double. 
what we were at, I, you know, it, it seems, it seems good. I, I, I don't, I know in, in, in Texas where they opened up full capacity, I've, from my understanding, the, there hasn't been the spike that they were anticipating. I, silver lining, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't have any more thing. I don't have an opinion of that because I'm, I'm not an expert on the situation, but it just seems like maybe just maybe we are getting closer. I don't know. That being said, I, you know, it's, it's going to be a kind of wait and see kind of situation because we hear these things and then it gets shut down a la Japan. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting topic. It's weird. It's so fucking weird in 2021. We're talking about, are we going to have people in the audience? <laughs> you know, that's a hot topic, but yeah. at any rate, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to wrap things up, but before we go, actually last thing before we go, because she's such a hot commodity right now, real quick, we're going to shoot on Becky Lynch. Can she, can she be what she was before she left? I'm going to say yeah. And the reason is because her her in-ring ability is very consistent. And what's more important, especially to her character, her promo skills. Mm-hmm. She, knows, she knows how to cut her promo. She knows how to utilize social media. Yeah, she does. Yeah, you know, I forget about that, but yes. And so that, especially in these times, very important. Mm-hmm. If you can interact socially with everybody on social media, and keep your eyes on on you and the product you are a part of, that's that's more than half the battle these days. So I have no. I have no worries about Becky Lynch getting back over when she comes back. Is she going to be Raw or SmackDown? Because and, and and Raw. And the reason why I ask that is because I I agree with what you said, but my only worry about that is that it's not always up to WWE to make those decisions. And you have you have Fox, big big bad Fox that that dictates who goes to what show? I think what a lot of people don't understand about all this, regardless of sponsorship and and the the duties that the WWE has to fulfill to their sponsors and to Fox, if the company does horrible enough to where it puts the entire company into jeopardy, and there's no company to, to be there anymore, it's not going to make a fucking difference. True. If Fox, if, if the company goes under, Fox isn't going to have that programming. So it's in their best interest to keep everything afloat. Who needs the ratings more? Raw does. Oh, Raw needs it for sure. So that's where Becky's going. They need a lot of things. <laughs> they, need, they need a better play-by-play guy. For oh, one. Jesus, yeah. Um... One of the uh, more recent episodes of Raw that I watch, I, I finally got to hear Byron Saxon. 
I, I can't. I, you promised me you were going to show this to me. So after we're done recording, please throw it on real quick. I can't wait. I told Matt. So, so what happened was Corey Graves in his smart fucking mouth. I guess Byron Saxton had enough of it, and so he he got in on Corey Graves, and I guess Corey Graves got super fucking do you, salty. Do you right? want Do you want to wait to hear it, or do you want me to tell you what was said? No, you can tell me what's said. I, I'm still interested in hearing hearing it being executed. I, I I don't remember how it came about. Randy Orton was coming out. He was talking about Randy Orton and and, and Matt Riddle as a tag team. Okay, yeah. And they were they were kind of arguing with each other, and and Corey Graves is like. I was a tag team champion. <laughs> and then Byron Saxon, very nonchalant, was not a very good one. <laughs> and I just and as soon as soon as it happened, you heard awkward silence and you kinda heard some muffling in the back, like under the mic. And it's like he got Mr Mr. Fucking Bully himself could not Cannot come with a comp- like it took him. It took him a couple of minutes to come up with something. Like back to Byron, but it's like <laughs> he was not expecting that at all. Good for Byron Saxon yeah. on that. I told I told Matt if that happened every fucking week on Raw, I would watch Raw religiously. <laughs> that is my new Monday Night War: Corey Graves versus Byron Saxon. <laughs> but um. I agree. I agree with the the Becky Lynch uh, conversation. She does she does belong on Raw. There's definitely a lot of uh, a lot more rivalries for her. Obviously, you have Charlotte Flair. Obviously, you have Asuka. But you got new blood like Rhea Ripley, which we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. With that being said, you know some a lot of people are are, are saying she's going to come back at SummerSlam. Does she come back sooner than later so she can compete at SummerSlam? I think that's the safer bet, yeah. I mean, you can still have her come back and not actively participate in a match. Sure. You know, and she still be relevant. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that, to me, that's the smarter play. Again, you want to take the time and build up to something. Yeah. Don't don't be all AEW about it and be like, oh, next week we're not going to fucking matter anymore. So. And, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm excited to see her back. You know, it's, it's, it's cool to... Um, to have some excitement in the women's division, um, so hats off to it, man. It's 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 going to be fun. Absolutely. Uh, that wraps things up for us, ladies and gentlemen. One seventeen is in the books, and uh, I can't wait to hear fucking Byron Sexton go in on Corey Graves. Uh, we are on social media: Facebook.com/slash20x20crew is our official Facebook page, Twitter and Instagram, both with the handle. At 20x20crew. Um, we're also available on Facebook groups. Facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20wrestlingtalk. Come talk to Matt and I and, uh, and share memes uh, along with a host of other people. Um, lately, uh, we've been trying to figure out uh, who would actually fucking... Uh, who Brock, who Brock Lesnar would actually job to for a million dollars? So that it's uh, that's been a pretty interesting conversation. But um, yeah, and then of course our home on the web twenty x twenty crew dot com. Um, slowly but surely getting back up to speed. Um, 
with all of that. And uh, we hope, uh, for those of you who take part in social media, we hope you are enjoying our, our social social media exclusive content that we've been putting out. Nice little historical tidbits and, tidbits and facts about professional wrestling, um, which have been really awesome. I, I love that you're uh, that I have you cherry picking the the the, <laughs> the events or the, the moments in time. It's it's been uh, quite the um, road down or trip down memory lane. You know, just here, just seeing and seeing and, and re-experiencing some of the stuff. Learning for the first time on, on on some of the things. True, yeah, and that I'm just too. Like, wow, I didn't even know that happened. So, but yeah, it, it has been fun. Nice, like you said, nice, just a nice reminder to why we love professional Pro wrestling. wrestling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man, I, I can can't stress enough. Again, we are in the warmer months. We are getting into the early summer times where you're gonna want to go out with the family and spend some time with them. A wrestling show is a perfect way of doing that. As always, follow the guidelines, be safe, do what you got to do to uh, to get back at the full capacity. And if you go to a wrestling show, let us fucking know about it. Let us hear about it because, uh, man, we, we love seeing good professional wrestling. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I've been Matt. He's been Joe. You've been fantastic. And until next time, we will see, see you, you in the, the ring. ring. Obviously not a good one. <laughs>